everyone is a star child made of stardust and the infinite potential of the universe. This extraordinary fearless something in each of us clamors for freedom from the bonds of fear, conformity, and an ordinary life. Welcome to Dr. Durr's Living in the Sweet Spot, where practical tools and solutions from the intersection of mind-body medicine, science, and spiritual well-being awaken and empower you to live out your infinite potential, to live life in the sweet spot. Many of us long for a wonderful life. You know, the life where you maybe we live by the beach, the sun is shining, it's 80 degrees, the water's lapping against the shore and, and around our ankles and on our feet. And some of us want to climb mountains and some of us, we want to be able to take care of ourselves and our families well in terms of being financially secure and having financial freedom. But the problem is, frankly, is many of us aren't living that life at all. Many of us are living a life that conforms to somebody else's expectations, someone else's standards. And in living that life of, of conforming, we, we struggle, we suffer because it's not the life that's, that's true for us, frankly. Today in our segment, Unapologetically Real, we're gonna talk about the freedom from conformity and a mediocre life. I'm your host, Dr. Balin A. Durr, and joining me for that conversation today is someone who I call a goddess, divine feminine energy, Myra Solomon. Hey goddess, how you doing? I'm doing great, Dr. Ballin. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Oh, well, you know, it is absolutely my sheer joy and pleasure to, to have you with me for this conversation, um, to, 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 you know, have some of the conversations that we have in, in our, our private moments <laughs> that we wanted to say, let's bring this to the platform, right? In the, un in the unapologetically real segment. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, I think that I think, you know, I think that so embodies you. I have you know, I have such great admiration for you and your goddess energy, for that that amazing wonderfulness that you are. You just that you exude, and it's just your aura wherever you are, wherever you go. Oh, thanks so much. That's very kind of you. And hey. I don't know if it's because as I've gotten older and I've given myself permission to just be, you know, and so it just shows up and who I am is showing up more and more these days. So I'm loving it as well. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that is awesome. That is awesome. Cause that's what we're going to talk about today, right? How to just, yes. how to just, how to just be, as I like to say, be your unique, wonderful self. Yes, 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 yes. So, so to, so to share with the, the folks some of um, your background and and why why you know why you're having this conference why we're having this conversation today, <clears throat> excuse me in particular, is is Myra Solomon is actually the COO for Terracon Design and Construction Company, 
Her previous background is in human resources and training and development with a Fortune 500 company specializing in telecommunications. And she still consults with medium to small size businesses on various topics spanning a wide spectrum of industries. Currently, her love and commitment is to the next generation of leaders. And to that end, she has spent the last two decades mentoring and working with national organizations to give back and to lend her expertise. Ah, thank you so much. Yep, that about sums it up. That's me. <laughs> so yeah, I um um so of course, you know, just again to share with the audience, how you and I met was like 2014. Yes. And it was um it was actually at the 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 uh we call it UFBL, which is the Universal Foundation for Better Living, the national conference that was in Chicago, yes. right? And it's um uh, which you're also doing some teaching for, right? Yes. Um, so just tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, you know, I've been in, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a preacher's kid or anything of that nature, but I've been around spirituality, church kind of conversations all my life. Sunday school, and I became a Sunday school teacher and things of that nature. And so for 40 years, believe it or not, I attended a Baptist church, was on the board of trustees, all of that, until one day it just didn't make sense. And so I went to a friend of mine's, um, she, she made her transition or people would say she died. And I met this woman who turned out to be the president of UFBL and my life has been changed ever since. And that's been more than 27 years ago. And so I became licensed under this organization, began to take all of the classes. And then fast forward 20 years later, I'm now teaching those classes to other people. So so, so what are those teachings and, and how do they relate to the conversation that we're going to have today? Yeah, what it is, is still spirituality, but is practical uh, spirituality. It's literally making the Bible come to life and taking it off the shelf. And just because you go to church on Sunday and you walk in the parking lot and it's like, what did he say? No. The work is an inside job and it's work that you have to do. And it has changed my life in so many ways that I'm able to have these authentic conversations with my friends. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing that I would add to to that, um, Goddess Myra, is, you know, for, for me, of course, and I ended up joining uh, Christ Universal Temple here in Chicago to me, because it's such a heavy focus on, on education and as um, one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 12 and 2 says, be not conformed mm -hmm. to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind yes. that um, it's, it's the changing my perspective and my, and my understanding, right? Cause I have to know before I can understand in order to be able to change whatever it is 
that I want to change in order to create a different result and experience. So to me, that was, to me, one of the things that was really important also is bringing that level of knowledge and understanding in order to make the change, right? Well, I totally agree. I mean, it's okay to have a new thought. I mean, we all started out crawling and then we learn how to walk and then we learn how to run, but there's other ways to do things. And so unless you understand it, you can't demonstrate it. You can't. Correct. 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 I, I can't. Let me just say it like this. As a physician, I'm a doctor. My specialty is psychiatry. But don't ask me to do surgery on your leg. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. And don't, and wait a minute. And then don't be surprised if you come up with a limp. If you let me do surgery on your leg. Right. You're absolutely right. 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 So, yeah. So, to your point, you got to understand in order to do. So, yeah. you know, so, you know, let's go ahead and jump right in here into the, to the meat of things. Yes. 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 Um, in terms of, you know, I started off talking about, to, to me, the, the real, I think the real difficulty is there is that part of us that longs to do something meaningful, something mm-hmm. significant, something that matters. Yes. However, mm-hmm. many of us struggle to do that and or don't feel we're doing that, even if we are. Uh, or are not doing that. So what, what, what's that all about? Well, you know, it's funny because I sometimes look at little kids and they're just so innocent and they're willing to say exactly what they see, what they feel. And then somehow they grow up and then somebody tells them, you can't really say that. That's not nice. I mean, it's not like you're being mean or whatever. I mean, if that person is doing this and then they'll be at their parents' house and the parent will hear the phone and says, tell them I'm not here. But they're looking at you. Mm -hmm. Over time, we start to tailor our conversations and we start to talk in a way that is going to be acceptable to people. We start to behave in a way that's going to be acceptable. And then over time, as you get older, 50, 30, you know, you go older. And and before you know it, you have recreated what has come to your mind, really. And when it comes out of your mouth, it's a whole different (laughs) ballgame. So, so you know what? I I love that. So to, to, to me, as I was listening to you, really what occurred to me is that, um, that in, in, in people saying, keep it, keep it real. Yeah. You ain't good enough. You don't know what you're doing. Um, you're a problem. You know, you screw things up, you mess things up. Or the other thing that happens is that of course, in, um, are being abused, neglected, rejected. We come up with some of those conclusions ourselves. And in doing so, then we end up, basically I end up dumbing myself down 
Yeah. And um, um, and and then you you we 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 dumb ourselves down because the stuff that I'm thinking is no longer the truth, right? And um, and then I can't. And then what I'm doing then is limited. What what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, how, how I'm showing up, like you said, is is limited and, and it's not the truth. And we start to believe, first of all, like I said, it's an inside job. We begin to move further and further from our intuition, our own belief system to what we get closer. We, we start moving outside. We stop trusting ourselves. We stop believing ourselves. We don't realize that some of what people are saying has nothing to do with us. It's them reflecting their inadequacies on us. And we buy it lock, stock, and barrel. Right. So so for me, so here's the thing. Not only not only they ref, not only let me say it like this. See this right here? Yeah. That water. I can only give you what's in me. So if I've got drama, trauma, mess, distorted think, whatever that is, and my perception, um, my belief system, or you know, you know, that's everybody's got their own BS, i.e., a belief system. Yep. And and then of course, in my encounters with my interactions, I'm just gonna put that on you, right? And um, um, I'm also going to ask you basically to be who I want you to be in order to meet my needs. Right. Pretty much. And that, and that ain't necessarily got squat to do with you. Yep. In terms of your design and your purpose, but right. I'm, I'm going to tell you who you, who you should be, um, and how you should live and how you should act and behave, what things you should be doing and shouldn't be doing based upon my perspective of, of, of the truth and who I think you are and, and which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with anybody else. And I'll, you know, to be specific, like one of the things that I, I've seen parents do that can be incredibly harmful. I mean, incredibly harmful to the point that um, it can drive young people to suicide, frankly, is imposing upon them their idea of what their profession is supposed to be. And then they get in these high pressured, you know, they get in these high pressured situations in terms of the academic institutions they're going to, in terms of the companies that they work for. And guess what ends up happening? They end up collapsing from the burden that this isn't true for me and right. or from the, the level of difficulties of the environment. No, that's absolutely true. I have a, a friend who is from Jamaica, came here to the States and went to University of Florida and became an architect. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to be an architect. He mm -hmm. was working with another friend of mine and the guy kept giving him all kinds of opportunities. And he said, man, you're making me look bad. What's going on? Why aren't you more into it? He said, in the islands, you cannot really, you had to either be a doctor, lawyer, accountant, or something. So in order for me to be able to leave my home 
and they feel comfortable enough about me coming to the States, I had to say I wanted to be those things. He really wanted to be a chef. Well, in Jamaica, you can't be no cook. That looks like the lowest level of job you could ever get and you wouldn't make any money. And so now he has been a chef, James Beard award-winning chef for 20 years. And mm -hmm. guess what? A lot of times we don't know that what we want to do is in alignment in some of the things that our parents wanted us to do. And cooking is just like architecture. You lay a foundation for the plate and you build on the different flavors and the different things. It's the same. But your family can't see that. And sometimes you go 20, 30 years before you realize who it is that you are, what you love, and that begins that whole conversation of living this mediocre life. And so it's easy for us then to listen to other people because we've bought it. We've seen that movie before. We know how it's going to end. You know, we've actually starred in it a couple of times. We produced it. And so it, that, that's just how it is. And until we can break out of that, we can really begin to believe in ourselves. And, and stop that chatter that goes on in our head that says we're not worthy, that we shouldn't be doing this. And maybe those folks are right. And let me just be with a lot more of those people so that they can completely indoctrinate me and make me believe that that's the truth about who it is that I say that I am. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you know, the, you know, the, the, let's call a spade a spade right which is the the society that we live in the society that we live in the country that we live in there's so much promotion about what's what's true right and acceptable that um frankly doesn't look like uh, a person of color so if you're african-american or if you're latino you know, or if you're Asian or if you're anything else other than someone who's white, uh, then you're not good enough. Um, you, you're too fat. You're too skinny. Um, you're too broke. Um, so it's you're too much of something. You're not enough of something enough else. Yeah. Right. Not enough of something else. And, um, and frankly, you don't have enough stuff. Um, you, you don't have a big enough house. You, you know, you don't have a, 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 a luxury car. The um, again, the professions or the position of prestige and prominence and 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 power. Uh, again, you, you know, you, you don't have enough money. There's there's this perpetual chasing of what you don't have. Uh, what you're not good enough at um, that, you know, perpetuates the sense of, 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 of inadequacy and lack and to, and to keep chasing it in order to get it. But the carrot is always being, is, the carrot is always being moved as you move. So you never get it. And we live in a society that's a click society. If you are not, driving this kind of car, living in this kind of house, wearing these kind of clothes. I mean, we are now indoctrinated, particularly people of color. We somehow feel that to make people think 
that we should be able to be invited to that social circle, we've got to look like them. We've got to act like them. We've got to carry the things that they carry and do the things that we do. And so we began to peel away from who it is that we are authentically. Just because you wear a Birkin bag and just because you have a big house and just, I mean, so we, especially as women, especially as black women, we bear the brunt of a lot of African-American woes, if you will. Yeah. And that's, and of course that's, that's the, that's again, the idea that, that we're not quite enough, right? Good enough. We're not, um, you know, and again, there was a time in this country where we were considered to be three fifths of a human, so we're not even human. Yeah. Yes. So when you control what when you control what a man, I remember that, when you control. So I'm acting to par- kind of paraphrase it. When you control what a man thinks, you never have to worry about what he will what he will do. And if you convince him that he's inadequate, then you don't have to tell him to go to the door. He will go on his own. That's and right. if there is no door, his very nature will demand yes. one. Yes. Um, that that's a paraphrasing of Carter G. Woodson's quote. And the, the importance of that is, is again, is that we can never live above our belief, right? If, if I think I can't go to the moon, I won't try to figure out how to get there. If I think I can't become a doctor or I'm undeserving, then I won't do that. If I think I'm undeserving of love, then guess what? I'm, 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 I'm going to limit how much I engage in relationship. And if I get one that's really what I want, then guess what? I'm going to blow it up. You're going to self-sabotage it. We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's too good to be true. I mean, we have had these conversations in our head for so long that when something does present itself, because people don't realize that, it, you put that in motion for that to happen. So why is it that you now think that you're not deserving of it or you're not worthy of it? It didn't happen by accident. Right. So I think that there's, there's, you know, two things here. One is um, there are those thoughts that come from, from society, right? The thoughts that say that, that say, this is who you are in terms, this is your identity and um then and this is all you're capable of and then there are those thoughts that that come from inside my own head because the brain is designed to give meaning to our experiences in order for us to have some understanding about what it is and also it's relevant to my safety so you know as kids we grow up thinking when people say the kid thinks they're the center of the world, the center of the universe. So then they tend to make it about there's some, if, if you mistreat me, if you mistreat me or abandon me or reject me, then there's a tendency to believe a, a child for them to believe what's wrong with me, as opposed to recognizing if somebody does something harmful with you, there's nothing wrong with you. The question you need to be asking is what's wrong with them? <laughs> What's, what what happened to them that they're now inflicting their pain on me, right? Yeah. That that that's the question, and then we tend to carry that on into adulthood, 
still saying what's wrong with me because I still perceive myself like I am like the little one, small, weak, dependent and vulnerable yeah. as opposed to again saying, no, there's nothing wrong with me. It's what's wrong with you or what happened to you that you're, that you, that you're inflicting that pain on me. And to bring again, to bring something back to what you were saying in terms of, you know, people of color in this society, again, we buy into th those narratives that say we're not good enough. And, and let's also acknowledge the obvious since you and I are here on screen together, right? Yeah. That the whole colorism line that exists about being light versus being dark skin and, and the lighter you are having more value, uh, which of course is not true. Um, well, you, you know, gotta know that for yourself though. Correct. Correct. And, but the prop, but the, but the difficulty is, is of course, when you're conditioned to think mm -hmm. that and we're conditioned with those kind of beliefs about who people who we think we are and our possibilities and our purpose, you, you conditioned from that, frankly, in the womb, yeah. from the womb to the grave. Yep. And so then, um, and then of course you, again, as I said, you can't live, you cannot live above the level of your belief. Yeah. You, you just can't. If you think you're good enough, you'll do it. If you think you're not, you won't. If you think you're deserving, you will. If you think you're undeserving, you won't. So I'm sorry, go ahead. And the other part of it is too, is that we've got to be willing to do a new thing. We've got to be willing to break out of the chains. I'll tell you what I mean. I have seven ounce. So hold on. So hold on. So hold on. God is Myra. What I, what I want to do is let's go ahead and, and take a break. Okay. Uh, and then when we come back, we're, we're going to get into that because we want to, we, we want to get into then, um, as, as master Yoda star Wars says, how do you unlearn what you have learned? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's All right. abounds in you, enlightens, uplifts, inspires, and invites you to live a life that's engaged, joyous, and limitless, the sweet spot of life. Take this journey in oneness. We are and have all that God, the infinite creative source of the universe is. You are infinite potentiality and the kingdom of heaven is within you. Heaven abounds in you. Dr. Bellina Dur here, and before the break, we were talking about you need to think a new thought in order to do a new thing. So how do you change the thoughts that you think, your perceptions about yourself and your possibilities so that, frankly, so, so that you can live your best life, so that you can fulfill your potential, so that you can stop living a mediocre life and live an extraordinary life. And again, joining me today is my guest, Byra Solomon. And so Byra, you know what? There was part of me that I almost wanted to call you doctor. Because this is such a, a wealth of information 
um, and, um, you know, frankly, frankly, transforming, you know, life trajectory changing, life altering, transforming. Um, and so we, we, we let, we left off, left off saying essentially, I think the best way to sum it up again is this, that the thoughts that I think one that I've either gotten from somebody else or made up myself about my identity and my purpose and my possibilities that can't be changed without me willing to make some changes in how I think, which will change what I do. But it's those limited, those thoughts that don't, that are limited in under perspective and understanding that keep me living a mediocre life. Right. Right. They keep me from living the life that I long for that, that, that my, frankly, my spirit is saying, Hey, go do this. You can do that. That we're not living that life that we, that long for that we're, they're not living the extraordinary lives that we're, that we're capable of because we're extraordinary beings at our core and our essence. So, so, so what, Let's get into what do we need to do in order for in, in order to make that change? Yeah, because the thoughts you're talking about is those crystallized thoughts that are buried so deep that have been laying dormant for so many years. And we thought we really had gotten over some of that stuff until mm-hmm. somebody triggers us. And then all of that stuff starts to float back up to the surface. But we've got to be willing to make some changes, even within our own family. Like I was saying before the break, I have seven aunts. Mm -hmm. And I think they all were married for a very short time. And then they spent 50 years, 60 years not being married. And so I didn't have a lot of examples of marriage and all of that. But something within me said I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Something within me said that I didn't want to come back to the projects or, you know, the things that I had seen. Because if you always do what you've always done, you're going to always get what you always got. And so I did not want to be the picture of what my aunts was showing me. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to break out. I wanted different exposures. And I so I made a conscious effort to be with different people so that I can get different experiences, whether they were black, whether they were Hispanic, whether they were Jewish, whatever, even if they were men, to get a real, a different story. Because I had been sold a story that I had bought for so many years and I was continued to live within the constructs of that story. And so when I was able to just break out and be willing to say, you know what, it stops with me. We're going to do a new thing that I can now show my cousins behind me something different, you know, so that I don't have to be the single black woman who won't ever be married and won't get a husband and won't do this and that. But I, I didn't limit myself by just being married. I was willing and comfortable enough to go to plays by myself, to go to dinner by myself, to do all of those things that I wanted a man to do with me by myself. So of course, you know, that, that is, um, 
one of the things for all of us, right, is, is, you know, my simple way of saying, my simple way of saying what you were saying too is that um, if I go to Krispy Kreme to buy donuts, exactly. <laughs> I expect that's fine to expect donuts, but don't go to Krispy Kreme to buy groceries. <laughs> They don't sell groceries. And then I keep getting donuts going. Uh, why put no weight? <laughs> why is my health not good? Why? You know, you know, why, why is my um, you know, why am I getting wider? And it, it's 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 because I'm not making the shift. And I and I think fun, fundamentally at that core, you know. Don't go to Krispy Kreme to buy groceries, right? Go to the grocery store, wherever, wherever that is. Um, uh, although they make delicious donuts, but then right, right, right. so the the thing too that I think is that, that's important to me is also that that I think that we seek the wrong source. Mm. I think that um, you know, frankly, that if I make you the source of my happiness. Um, I'm going to be unhappy a lot of days. Why? Because you're not going to be who I want you to be. You're not going to do what I want you to do when I want you to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need, if I make my, um, if, if I make the weather my source, you know, cause I'm, I'm here in, in Chicago right now. And earlier when I checked, it was minus one with, <laughs> it was with minus like 18 with wind chill factor, you know, something like that. If I need the weather to be a certain way all the time, there are going to be a lot of days and times I'm unhappy because it's not going to be what I want it to be. And I don't control the weather. Right. right. So if if it's my money, if it's my thighs, if it's my hair, if it's my color, it's, if it's my, you know, um, uh, if it's my job, if it's my kids, if it's the whatever that I tie my happiness to as the source of my happiness, the source of my joy, the source of my good, guess what? I'm going to be unhappy a lot of days. Yeah. And, and I, I, so I, to, so again, to bring that back around and then what is the source of my identity? And for me, for me, the source of my identity is that I am a spiritual being, or as I, you know, another way I call it is I'm a goddess. Again, God is divine feminine energy. So if that's my source, then that source is eternal. It's constant. It's always. Um, and so I'm, I'm it, it's, 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 it's also represents the best of me, the, the, the best highest self that is unlimited, unbounded, capable of doing wonderful things that I was designed and purposed to do. Uh, there's nothing, it's, there's nothing that, that, that I, I, it's nothing that my divine self can't do that it was designed to do. So where does, where does my belief, where, you know, where does my belief come from about who I am? 
Well, like you said, we have recycled thoughts, borrowed thoughts from our family. Sometimes it's cultural. Sometimes it has something to do with other women that you've seen. Um, we, 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 we'll play, we want, we think big, but we're afraid to play big because is that now going to make the people who have been working with me make them look bad? I mean, so we've got so many different things at play that we wrestle with on a day-to-day -day basis, and we're afraid to step out of that and be willing, right. and be willing to say that some things are for a season. So rather than drop that person for our better good, we will now contort ourselves to be accommodating to all these different people. Well, but not only contort ourselves, but climb into the cage, you know, yes, and please. right. Climb into a cage in order to, to, to again, limit who, who I am and what I'm capable of doing. And the other thing too, we need to understand, what is that about? Myra, that that's about wanting to be accepted. Oh, that's about so wanting to be connected. That's about not being rejected because if you are isolated and alone, Frankly, that um, that puts you at risk, right? It, you at you more you more at risk of being hurt or taken out when you the lone wolf as opposed to when you part of a pack. So, in my desire to be a a, a part of uh, you know a part of the group, so that I have protection, right, and that I benefit from what you can do that I can't do. There's a whole lot of folks saying, you know, again, you should, you, you doing something other than what this pack does. And the fact that you doing something other than what this pack does mean it's a problem. It's a problem for us because we don't do that. Right. Right. So you've got to be willing to, first of all, when you say, um, put yourself in a box, you've already lost. There is no box. Once you see a box, that's a problem. So just recently, I just came back from Jacksonville and we were, this is football season now. And so there's playoff games. Well, I am one bad crap talker because I know the game. I understand the game. And so you're, and you're, from, and you're from Chicago. And <laughs> I'm in the room with like 10 brothers and I backed each of them up individually. With my husband sitting on the couch, who's from Jamaica, so he his football idea is soccer or cricket or whatever. Yeah. And and I do it in such a way, like, you know, hey, I take my wins like I take my losses, but I'm talking smack. And so, but the guys, each of them begin to respect me because I know what I'm talking about. I'm not, but at the same time, after the game, I can go back into my feminine energy. I'm not trying to be a man. I'm not trying. I don't want nothing that I, I'm that girl that I want to be treated like a lady and all of that other stuff. But I can do. So I think a lot of us, we put ourselves in these boxes because we feel like people are going to be intimidated by us. Well, there are going to be people intimidated by us. You know, you got people intimidated by you. There's nothing yeah. you can do about that. Because you, you know will what? find your tribe. You will find your tribe. Those people are there for a season and they will 
go back to the nothingness. I mean, that's just, I'm not trying to say that we should dismiss people, but you can't just keep people hanging on and not be willing to grow yourself and stifle yourself and begin to live this mediocre life and conform and contort it. You're not going to be happy. Right. You're not, you're not, you're not going to be happy. And again, like I said, you're going to be living a mediocre life that you don't want. So um, one of the things that, that you said was um, a few years ago, uh, when I, and, and uh, someone, a friend of mine, it was, you know, introduced me to one of, of, of his friends. And what he said to me was, he says, men find you intimidating. He's like, you intimidate men. I was like, I was like, wait, I was like, no, I do not. I said, I said, I said, I said, really what it is, is that someone, some, some men may compare themselves to me and feel that they are lacking or inadequate in certain areas. I said, that's not me doing that to them. That's them doing it to themselves. I said, because I said to, you know, both of them, I said, I said, both of y'all are alphas as in alpha males, right? They said, yes. I said, are you intimidated by me? No. The other one, are you intimidated? No. I said, so you're making my point. It's not me intimidating you. It's somebody else comparing themselves to me and feeling they're inadequate and therefore feeling intimidated. They're not up to dealing with me. Right. right. That that's so that's that's the the that's really the issue that um we need to consider because as I tell people, intimidation is a, are specific acts. There's specific acts that I'm doing in order for you to feel threatened. And if I'm not doing that to you, you're doing it to yourself. Absolutely. So, 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 so for me, the next question is then what do I, what do, what do we need to do in order for me to be in touch with and, and to be in touch with, to identify with, to understand who my true authentic self is, who my, or as I like to say, my unique, wonderful self is, who my sacred self is. What kind of things do we need to do in order to, in, in, in order to, you know, to change the narrative and to change the understanding? Uh, we, we've to thine own self be true. Um, I remember when my son was 13 years old, I was just coming out. Yeah, Ms. Myra, what's that mean? For some, fo- some folks that don't necessarily understand what that, what does that oh, mean? To thine own self be true. Like, be, don't fool yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be okay. willing to say to yourself things that may not necessarily be all that sh- uh, sugar-coated or nice or whatever. Just know yourself. And what I was saying is that at 13, my son turned 13 and I had just gotten out of a mentally abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. I decided he's 13, he's six foot tall. I will now not bring another gentleman into my space because I don't want to put him in a situation where he now has to answer to another guy. And so I decided- or the, or the or defend you right. from someone Who, and the potential yes. and the potential devastating consequences of of that because we both know that basically can go real sideways. Right. 
So and somebody, I, somebody end up seriously hurt and or dead. Yes, yes, yes. So I didn't want to put him into that position and I did not want to belittle the new partner or man that was coming into my life saying that I'm a package deal with my son, but now you can't say nothing to him or I'm going to be all up on you like water on rice. So that was one part. So I made a conscious decision because first of all, but you've got to, when I say to thine own self be true, you've got to be willing to accept your role in situations. So I said, come on, now. Come on. I said, you know what, Myra, you stayed with this dude for 10 years. There were red flags, green flags, yellow flags. There was all kind of flags. But you, until you felt uncomfortable enough, you allowed yourself to deal with all of that. So you can't make it nobody else's problem. You can't run around to all your friends and say he did this, that, that, that. No. What role did you play in it? And why were you not big enough to leave the situation? All right. So I decided, okay, I'm going to work on Myra. It ain't even about him. Good riddance. After I cried and I, you, oh, call why we got to break up. I can be better. No. I decided to become celibate okay. for four years. And what I, you, what I, was your think, what was your thinking behind that? Because although we know there's some folks ain't gonna do that, but go ahead. What? Why did well, you? Because at this point, like I said, I did not want. I threw myself into things that my son was interested in. I knew that he was going to be graduating in another three years. Let him have this moment because, quite honestly, I was so enthralled in this man that there were pieces of my son's life that I can't even remember. Because I want to be the best woman. I want, why is it? I've done everything. I've tried A, B, C, all the way to Z. I'm on double letters. What is it that I can do for this man that will make him revere me and not want to be with other people and not talk to me like this and not, you know, I did all of that. And so I took a step back, said I was going to spend some more time with my son and decided I need to work on Myra, who it is that I am. I had to reform my thinking, my ways of being. And so I got, I, I went on a transformational journey. I spent 10 years in an organization called Landmark Education. Went all the way up to the wisdom course and that led me to UFBL. I mean, I just worked on myself, worked on myself. I They even had me writing letters to him to release him. You don't always have to ask for forgiveness from the person in their face. I released him in a letter. I let all of that stuff go. And I knew that I couldn't do the work that I needed for myself if I was bringing somebody in my life because I was mentally unavailable. I was emotionally unavailable, but I recognized that within myself. I did my work. I did my work and I didn't make it his issue. He did what he did to me because I allowed it to be done to me. Period. Yeah. End of story. Right. So I think you make some, some, some really wonderful, insightful points. And one, let, let me acknowledge that, um, you know, there have been periods where, you know, I've been celibate for like two years at a time. And I'll be honest with you, actually, what, what happened was in my, in my own journey, um, 
you, you call it to thy own self be true. And I, you know, call it know thyself, right? Is, um, and I mentioned this again in, in the, and I think it was the last episode I did that, you know, my dear friend, master teacher, I lovingly called master Yoda. Um, he said, you need to spend some, some, some time looking up at the ceiling, asking life's big questions. And so for me, as I'm also, you know, I've become a psychiatrist and then, and, and I've been on a spiritual journey for a while, but it reaches a point where it really kicks up. And then God starts, I'm having conversations with the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's calling me to say, come, just come be with me. Just come be, you know, and, and I can be your everything if you allow me to be. And you think you have something to give up in this, but you have so much to gain. You don't even know you have no idea. Um, and in the process of working and and walking that journey in that path to becoming more than I envisioned, which was becoming more than, and doing more than just being a psychiatrist, my spirit was like, we not doing this, you know, engaging and exchanging energies with somebody Mm-hmm. When this is not this, we we ain't we ain't on the same we 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 don't want the same things and we ain't going the same place. Just keep it simple, yeah, right. Yeah. And to you to be exchanging energies, you know, being intimate with somebody because that's exchanging energies, right? right. Your energies affecting you, infect I mean, affecting me, and my energies are affecting them that you don't want the same things you ain't going the same place right we are not aligned in other words then it ain't okay to be doing that yep right so you you have to be still and you gonna have to spend some time growing into who you've always been since you since you came here for me that looks like because again i wanted some specifics for me again, you, you mentioned you mentioned being celibate, and really again, the purpose behind that is also then for me to focus on me, for me to be still. So it's also how do I connect with my my authentic self, my sacred self, is also by doing meditation, mm-hmm. right? For me, meditation is learning to quiet my mind so I can hear the Creator speaking to me, right? How am I going to hear and be, and come to understand? What I can't hear and understand because I'm not listening for it. I'm not aware of it. And I'm so busy moving and trying to seek outside of me when the answers have always been within me when I got here. So again, you know, it's the quiet time, you know, it's the meditation. Um, it's, it's, it's prayer. It's whatever things that I need to do to be in communion with the creator. It's actually sometimes, how about pausing? Yeah. Pausing and taking a, a taking a deep breath. How about pausing and taking a few breaths and doing that throughout the day? How about is working on me to say not only who am I and what was what was I before I came here, but also who are you and where were you before you came here? And then saying the creator says to me when you get no 
trust in the oneness of everything, then you will understand, will know that you won't go without. And so what, what does that mean? That at what point do I decide to believe hmm. the creator within me that says, this is who you are. This is what you're capable of doing. And trusting that, because when you trust, then your understanding will come, right? So what is it, of course, and so the other thing I'm doing, of course, is, is, is taking all of the coursework at Christ Universal in order to transform my mind, in order to transform my, my thinking and my understanding. Yeah, because it's a connection, everything. Right, about who I am and what's what's possible for me, right? And fundamentally, am I willing to not conform to who I say I am or who you say I am or who somebody else says I am, a mom and my daddy, and this society says I am and what I can and cannot do? Am I willing to set that aside in order to recognize recognize what that not only that recognize that not only am I a physical expression of the sacred, but every person and everything is an expression of the sacred filled with the infinite possibilities and potential of the sacred. Yep. I totally agree. If we can, what what they always say in UFL, go to headquarters. It's an inside job. You don't need to ask nobody outside of you. The universe every day conspires to support you. So you need to go to source, go to headquarters. All your answers are there. There are no accidents that we have one mouth and two ears. So we are supposed to listen twice as much. And, and, right. and it comes to us. The inspiration is there. God speaks to us every day. Yes, absolutely. And so we, we need to be willing to listen. We need to be willing to understand, right? And we need to be willing to trust, mm. right? Yep. Then we need to be willing to go, right? And be obedient. Right. And to go. Yeah. And part of two of the understanding about who I am as spirit is as a spiritual being is understanding that as spirit, my spirit needs hands and feet <laughs> on which to perform any action on this planet. Yeah. So one of the things if I'm going to clear and I'll be honest with you, if I'm going to clear the mess out of my out of my thinking, my BS, you know, my jacked up, sometimes distorted, twisted, sideways thinking belief yeah. system. One of the things, too, that's required is for me to forgive myself of things that I did, choices that I made when I'm only doing what I know how to do. Because as you said, the model that was before me, that's how you learn how to become a woman, how you learn how to become a mother, how you learn how to become a wife, how you learn how to become a man, a husband, a father. 
you're copying the examples that were presented before you. Some of it worked, some of it different. So it didn't. So I need to be willing to forgive myself for the choices that I made that didn't work. Yep. And they you created cannot, mess and chaos. Yeah. You cannot undo what's already been done, but you can show yourself grace. We are so eager to forgive everybody else and put ourselves on the bottom of the list. We have to show our own self grace and give ourselves forgiveness to be able to get up, dust ourselves off and go at it again, full throttle. So one of the ways I encourage people to do that, both for them, because we get into this, this last, last little minute or so, is that understand that if you grow a hammer is a hammer but if you grow up in a family of carpenters you learn to use a hammer to build but if you grow up in a family of burglars you use a hammer to break an inner and if it's in and so both in forgiving yourself and forgiving others understand that you got the tools from your from your families and the society yes. that you have and you learn to use them in the only way you knew how to use them until you learn a different way. So like it's it. important to forgive others and it's yes. important to forgive you yes. for using the tools in the only way you knew how. How can they connect with you? I'm on Facebook and I guess underneath this, you can give them uh, my handles. I'm on Facebook, Myra Solomon. I'm always out there putting out messages. Um, I'm on Instagram. Those kinds, those are the only two social media platforms I'm on that. But I have an email address and I freely give somebody my email address if they want to talk, you know, more. Because this has been a okay. great conversation. Go ahead, Dr. Ballin. Thank you so much for this opportunity. OMG. I know we covered a lot of stuff today, but I thought it was good. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, again, you know, Thank you, Goddess Myra. Like I said, you, I just said, you know, I hope folks get a chance to to connect with you because you emanate that divine feminine sacred energy. So, you know, so with that, we're going to push the pause button and I thank you for being your unique, wonderful self and, and, and we'll pick this up another time. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. Happy New You. So I hope you have learned some things, heard some things that awaken and empower you to free yourself from the bonds of conformity in a, in a mediocre life, that you have heard some things that, again, awaken and empower you to live life in the sweet spot, in the sweet spot. I'm your host, Dr. Balanay Durr. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today in the sweet spot. Share, follow, and like us on social media. To learn more, please visit balanadermd.com spelled B-A-L-I-N-A-D-U-R-R-M-D.com. Join us next week. And remember, when you heal your mind, all things are possible. <laughs>